Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Friday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. You want to be a part of the conversation? We would love to hear from you on the ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with Gigabit Fiber Internet from Ceasefire Business. It's backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do, and that's right here in Seaspire Country. Yeah, Seaspire yeah. Country. Just pumped up about it. I'm glad. <laughs> Gives you the speed to stream all of those games. Hey, buddy, it's a big night of baseball. I'll get to three screen it without issue because I live in Seaspire Country. Fact. Absolutely correct. We're coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studio. That is also a fact. And uh, one more fact, Pearl River Resort is the home of the sportsbook at the Golden Moon Casino. Learn more online at PearlRiverResort.com. I'm not trying to bury the lead here. Not doing it. I was about to bury the lead, too, so it's fun. I was just going to say, you remember yesterday when I was talking about 85 degrees and sunny and those genteel shorts that I was wearing? And Mm. we're back to February today. 50 and rain. Ugh. How is it in Starkville, hey, Dad? It's like in the 60s. It's cloudy. It hasn't rained. Okay. So everything's still on, on pace for a uh, 4 o'clock first pitch today? As far as I know, they are playing baseball in one hour. Very good. Very good. Ole Miss has pushed its start time back to uh, to 6 o'clock. Borky, what's the little sly grin you've got on your face? Uh, what, what are we doing here? Uh, you know, it's probably not as funny to anybody else as it is to me, but, uh, you know, spring training has started. And Manny Machado just got issued a strike for taking too long to get in the batter's box after a pitch. Good. You got the pitch clock. You see it right behind, uh, to the left of the pitcher. So to the right of the catcher and home plate. There's obviously one in the outfield as well. Machado's taking his jolly time. Umpire puts his hands up, issues him a strike. We're going to keep playing baseball. Very good. It's funny to me watching that. It just—he looks so perplexed because you can see his body language just so slow. It's just like he's, you know, taking a, a Sunday stroll around the neighborhood. 
with his little corgi or something. And Ump's like, no, get in the box. This is a sport. Have a little have a little juice. Hey, Dad, I feel like Borky right now is like Hugh Freeze at SEC Media Days a few years ago. He's just filibustering. Filibustering? No, I'm actually, I've thought so much about what we have to talk about and candidates and why, and I've actually, uh, I, I, that's what I spent the day doing, researching and thinking and talking to people and gauging. What I've learned, by the way, is, oh, bearing the lead, uh, breaking news, Ole Miss has fired Kermit Davis. If you've listened to this show, we told you that was coming basically since the North Alabama loss. So it actually officially happened this morning. Breaking I told you last year. Well, I said in March it should have happened. I told you when they brought him back for this season. Yeah. I mean, anybody that was looking at this team and this program objectively would have told you that this was the likely outcome this season. However, it did happen this morning. Um, I have. Just, uh, all right, let's do the obligatory thing. Here were the statements. Uh, Keith Carter, we thank Coach Davis for his dedication to the Ole Miss basketball program and our student-athletes. No one wanted to bring a title home to Mississippi more than him, and we appreciate the passion for that goal that he shared with our team every day. As he has throughout his career, Coach Davis worked tirelessly to produce a winner, and we wish him, Betty, and his family the very best in the future. I'll echo that part. Kermit's family is great, and Kermit was incredible for the city of Oxford, for the community in which I live, and... I have no idea what's next for him, but I'd love it if part of their home at least remained here. I don't know that that will happen. None of my business, whether or not that happens. Kermit Davis is a good man. He's a good man who was paid handsomely to win basketball games, and he didn't win enough of those, and so he's either looking for another job or he's headed into retirement, whatever he wants to do. I would think that he is financially in a position where if he wants to hang it up after a heck of a run as a uh, as a basketball coach at the major college level, then he could do that, but that's his business. Um, the statement from Kermit Davis was, My family and I are extremely thankful for the opportunity to lead the Ole Miss men's basketball program the past five years. We appreciate Chancellor Boyce, Keith Carter, the staff, and players for their support and work ethic on behalf of our program, and I wish Ole Miss the best. Going forward, Oxford is a special place to live and work. Wynn Case has been named the interim head coach. He will run the team for tomorrow's game against LSU and then for two games next week to close out the regular season. Uh, and then Ole Miss Was Wynn will... game not available? Um, <laughs> he was not. He was he was busy already. Win how Case is Win Case a not a lawyer? That's what I mean. How is your name Win Case and you're not an attorney? Yeah. Um, Ole Miss will play next Wednesday in the SEC basketball tournament, and they will either win that game and play Thursday, or they will lose that game and their season will come to an end. So, so th- those are the facts. Just just laying it out there. That's what we got for you. And so, yeah, I mean, a surprise to absolutely no one. There was the question, well, why do you do it at this point? I I think, and this is just what I think. This is not something that I have necessarily verified with anybody. But I think you do this to avoid Dennis Felton, Georgia. You remember the, uh, the, the SEC tournament with the tornado? where it blew part of the roof off in the Georgia Dome in Atlanta. Um, they move it to 
Georgia Tech's campus. Georgia goes on a run. They win four games in four days. Georgia was on the way to firing Dennis Felton, but he got his team to the NCAA tournament, and they couldn't fire him. And then a year later, they did just that. They fired Dennis Felton. Um, It feels like a long shot at best for this Ole Miss team to make that kind of a run. But that's probably the reason you do it. You, You just eliminate whatever fractional possibility that is. You just take that off the table. Keith goes ahead and has the conversation yesterday. Keith Carter with Kermit Davis lets him know that he's not going to be retained after the season is over, gives him the option to finish coaching the regular season or finish the season with his team or not, and Kermit declines that option. And here we are. So everything is kind of, I mean, as much as a basketball coaching search or a football coaching search or whatever is out in the open, everything is now out in the open. Yeah. And I assume, without knowing, you would know, and I think you would confirm this, Ole Miss has been working on this, at least in part, as much as they could for a little bit. It's not like it's not like Keith Carter sat in his office today and thought, hmm, just fired Kermit. Well, now what? Oh, shoot, i got to put a candidate list together. Like it's, it's, He's been working on this for a little bit. Yeah, and, and there are two ways that that happens, right? I mean, Keith Carter, as the athletics director, ultimately, with – Glenn Boyce, the chancellor, is going to make the decision. Uh, yes, I feel confident in saying that uh, there's background work that has been going on for an extended period of time, kind of leading to this point. And then there's another piece. And people hear search firm, right? And they're like, oh, they hired a search firm. They hired a search firm. I don't, I don't know how many schools do it this way, but Ole Miss has a search firm on retainer. Because... The search firm is not, hey, go out and find me a coach. The search firm is used for background communication and background checks, like deep, intensive background checks. That That's the role. And so it's not just, you got to hire a football coach, go get me a search firm. It's, you're going to have to hire a coach. You're going to need to ask questions and communicate things quietly on an annual basis, usually in multiple sports, and so there is a group that they use that, I mean, that's not new. Ole Miss, Keith Carter, search firm, however you want to catch, they got a list of candidates, and they're beginning that process. Have begun that process behind the scenes. What I've learned, weeks ago, yeah, what I've learned today and over the last few weeks talking about this is. There is very little room for nuance or, or understanding the complexities of the situation that Keith Carter is in. I've, le- I've learned that, and we'll talk about it more, I'm sure. When it comes to the direction of the program, who leads it, who the candidate should be, and the overly simplistic responses that I've seen Ole Miss fans give, including on not only like to me directly, but on our text line on social media, I guess people just aren't aware of the complexities of every coaching search, but especially this one. It's not as simple as just go hire that guy. Regardless of who you think that guy is, it's never that simple. And this one will not be that simple either. No, no it won't. we got more coming up. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. 
Network. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Did you get that memo? Yes, sir. SEC baseball scoreboard on this Friday afternoon. Arkansas leads 6-0 over Eastern Illinois in the bottom of the fourth inning. Hogs got all six of their runs in the bottom of the third. Kansas State and LSU tied at one at the Round Rock Classic at Dell Diamond in Round Rock, Texas. Kansas State got a run in the top of the first. LSU a run in the bottom of the second inning. They are now in the top of the fifth. They are in the bottom of the first inning in Tuscaloosa. High Point and Alabama tied at one apiece. Wright State got a couple of runs in the top of the first. They lead 2-0 over the Kentucky Wildcats. Pennsylvania, the Quakers, and the South Carolina Gamecocks are in the top of the second inning in Columbia. No score coming up shortly. Dayton and Tennessee, Princeton and Georgia. Arizona State and Mississippi State, first pitch for that game about 45 minutes from right now. UCLA and Vanderbilt from Nashville scheduled to begin at six. Uh, I'm sorry, at four thirty. Five thirty, you got Missouri and FIU. FIU beat Missouri last night, four to three. Florida is hosting Cincinnati. That game tonight is at five thirty. Southern Cal and Auburn were supposed to play at uh, Dido or Dido D E D E A U X. Dido Diamond Field, Southern Cal's Baseball Park, named after Rod Dito. Help me out, hey, Dad, stop just staring at me. I don't know how to pronounce it. When you don't know how to pronounce something, Richard, just pronounce it with conviction. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, Rod Um, Dido. I don't know. Which which I think is, is right. Um... Yeah. They were supposed to be playing that series in sunny Southern California. It got moved on, like, Wednesday to Auburn instead uh, because of the weather issues. Maryland and Ole Miss <laughs> was supposed to begin at 4 o'clock. It has been pushed instead to 6 o'clock tonight in Oxford, Portland, and Texas A&M also. You kind of buried the lead on, on that, too, where, like, the weather issues in Los Angeles, it's not rain. It's potential snow. Is it that bad? It's like a blizzard alert. Now, what a in blizzard is in L.A., I don't know. But just saying, this was like winter weather, some sort of situation there. I don't know. Yeah, currently 51 degrees and raining in Los Angeles. It's going to get down to 46. That is a blizzard. <laughs> 51 and raining That's their blizzard. blizzard. That's okay. In Los Angeles, yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so there you go. That's the hoops. That's not the hoops. That's the baseball. I'm just going to shut up and let y'all talk for a while. All right, good. Here. Turned his mic off and everything. All right. So what's on the wrestling docket this weekend? No, nothing this weekend. (laughs) Last weekend was a big weekend for him. So to to pick up what I was saying earlier, because I I think that that's an important thing here, because, Richard, I know you've seen it and heard it, and people have said it to you, I'm sure, the way they have me, that – and it's funny, I've heard from both – Sides of this. Chris Beard's a no-brainer. Hire him right now. 
there's no downside. There's no whatever. And then I've also heard, if they hire Chris Beard, I'm out. Like, I've heard both opposite extremes of that. But it's not that simple. I said when when you were out last week, I think it was last week or earlier this week, that, yeah, they should absolutely vet him and and, and explore the possibility. Why? Because he's an elite-level coach, and he would never consider your job otherwise. However, what happens if it happens again? What happens if you do the vetting and you find something else? Just because he got cleared legally doesn't mean that it is not incredibly risky. And that's that, putting it that way, I think, is kind of underselling what the problem is. It, it just it feels like when you say no-brainer, get it done, there's no risk, there's no downside. I, I disagree with that so strongly. Vet him, yes, well, great you- coach. But it is not a no-brainer, and it is not without risk. No, it's not without risk. It's not even a little bit without risk. Here's... All right, so let's talk about Chris Beard for a second. He was a really good coach at Little Rock. right? Got them, what, to uh, a 30-win season and the second round of the NCAA tournament. That's good. At, at Little Rock, as part of the Sun Belt. And he leaves the Little Rock job for UNLV for like 15 minutes, right? And, and and then he takes Texas Tech. I don't know if he was ever officially the UNLV head coach. I think he was. Goes to Texas Tech. March of 2016. Um, Tubby Smith left Texas Tech to go to Memphis. Chris Beard got the Texas Tech job. And they got it rolling at Tech. His first year he was 18 and 14. His second year he was 27 and 10 and got to the Elite Eight. His third year they went 31 and 7 and played for a national title. Then you had the COVID year where they were 18 and 13. And then he got to the second weekend of the tournament at 18 and 11. That's really good. At a place that has had moments but hasn't been great. And then in his first year at Texas, they were 22-12, and 12, and then they were 7-1 and one this year, a top-five team in the country when he was relieved of his duties. There's a reason I ran through his background. His background is he wins everywhere he goes at the Division I level. And in the Lone Star Conference and the Heartland Conference before that, he's won everywhere. He's a good basketball coach. He had Texas off to a 7-1 and one start. And they were a top-five team in the country. And Texas did not react immediately. Now, they immediately suspended him. They did not immediately fire him. And, Borky, they didn't fire him the next day. And they didn't fire him three days later. They went through a two-week-long investigation process. And the University of Texas who was paying him a bunch of money and who has not been as good as they should be in basketball, had a coach that in just two seasons had them in the top five in the country. And what did they do? Did they investigate and bring him back? Or did they investigate and fire him? 
They fired him. Why did they fire him? Well, we don't technically know the answer to that. I mean, we loosely know he was involved in this domestic situation and there was a physical altercation and ultimately the charges were dropped and I guess they think this through. You have to think this through and you actually have to use your brain to do this. You can't just go, oh, he didn't get charged, hire him. He's a great basketball coach. Well, somebody else is going to hire him. Oh, Okay, so somebody else is going to hire him. Tell me about all the times that you and the significant other in your life had an altercation that caused her to call the cops because of what was happening physically between you and her. Well, but it was her fault. She started it. Okay. She started it. It escalated to the point that law enforcement was called in the middle of the night to a domestic dispute for the head basketball coach at the University of Texas. And the charges were dropped, I know. So why did Texas fire him? It has to be. It has to be because they found out something in their investigation that led them to the point of saying it is untenable for Chris Beard to remain as the head coach at the University of Texas. They didn't have to do it right then. If they thought, you know, this may get to the point where the police drop the charges, where the DA doesn't follow through with it, they could have waited it out and then said, After more review, after gathering information, there was no reason to terminate Chris Beard. We are reinstating him as the head coach. Did they do that? Did did they wait? Or did they find out something in their investigation that said, he can't be our head coach anymore? That's what they did. But... Tons of people online. I mean, we we got a message just a little while ago. You have to hire Chris Beard. No. You don't have to hire Chris Beard. In fact, you probably shouldn't hire Chris Beard. And if you're Keith Carter, is that the risk you're willing to take? Are you willing to put your career on the line for a single hire for a guy that is a great basketball coach? But who also has this in his immediate past. My answer is no. That is clearly not the answer that a lot of you have. Okay, what we do next? Keep it moving, buddy. You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. 888-808-8637 on Super Talk Mississippi. Porky, did that promo just give a number to dial in? It did. I got to get that one out of the rotation. Has that one been there forever, and I just haven't noticed it, or is that a different one than you normally press uh, no, the button I, for? No, I, I got to get that one out of the rotation. It's been there. 
Okay. It's, uh, it's Is it the real number? Yeah. Oh. People call well, it I'm glad all the I'm time. Not there in the well, it's not the hotline number. It's just the... No. Yeah, people call it. What have we got here, boys? There appears to be some news from uh, from Rocky Top as it pertains to the uh, the baseballs. Tony Vitello has been suspended for the weekend. The baseballs? We're going to go with that? <laughs> no, we're not, but I just thought it'd be kind of funny for one to, a one-off. All right. All right. A statement regarding Tennessee baseball from the Tennessee Athletics Department. The university and Coach Vitello are working collaboratively with the NCAA to address a violation in the program. Coach Vitello will be suspended for this weekend's series with Josh Elander serving as acting head coach, and we will provide an update on Monday. Coach Vitello has acknowledged his mistake and accepted full responsibility. We appreciate his cooperation in the process and his dedication to do right by the student-athletes in the Tennessee baseball program. NCAA bylaws prohibit additional comment or details. Parenthetically, just wait until we can tell our story. The university will continue to emphasize to all staff the imperative of leading with honesty and integrity. Yeah, because that when you say Tennessee baseball, those are the first two words that come to mind, especially the integrity part of it. All right, so here's the deal. They had a recruiting violation with Malia The preseason first or second team all-SEC shortstop that transferred from Kansas. And Wes Rucker would have you believe that because all of the other coaches hate Tony Vitello, somebody turned him in. May very well be true. What did I, I? I heard that the and this is a rumor. I mean, don't take this for for gospel. But I had heard that what Tennessee paid for the flight for his recruiting visit before they officially had his transcript, something along those lines. There's, Which, if the, that's all the they did, that seems that... kind of ridiculous. The real rumor is that Vitello met with him before he was in the portal. Okay. So, uh, hey, Dad, now we're talking now about that this during the break. Doesn't oh. it sound like they've... Because everybody tampers. Everybody, everybody tampers. Everybody. That either, A, it's what you said, what you mentioned, that somebody's got an axe to grind with Vitello. And I don't know if this is true or not, but I was talking to somebody about him the other day, and they said that Vitello is famous for breaking the unwritten rule in baseball recruiting, where once a kid's 100%. committed, you yeah, yeah. stop recruiting no him. He does. So maybe he's it's, got it's some It's the injuries. only sport. Well, I mean, it's the only major men's sport where that yeah. happens. Right. Which, honestly, I think that's kind of cool. But either way, that he routinely breaks the unwritten rule, or they caught him red-handed. They've got something. They've got something tangible that proves the tampering. It can tampering. be both. True. Yeah. I can have an axe to grind, but they have the goods too, which is probably what this is in this situation. Because if it's circumstantial hey. or whatever, Tennessee's not suspending him. Hey, th- th- this has um, this has nothing to do with it being Tennessee and that being kind of a program that people love to take shots at and, and love to hate because they've made themselves the villain. Am I overreacting if I say a coach 
is caught knowingly and blatantly in like in the most knowing and blatant way possible trying to convince a player that is on another team that has not yet transferred, talking about a head coach that has not yet entered the transfer portal to leave his current school and come to another school, that that ought to be like a season-long suspension? I don't hate that I mean, at all. Yeah. Well, I mean, we talk about, you know, lack of control or what? what, what is the... What's below lack of institutional control? I can't remember what the the official term was. I know Freeze was was hit with it, but I mean that that's when you're talking about your failure boosters are monitor. doing things and failure to monitor. There it is, where you know your boosters are doing things and you you know about them, but you can you have deniability. But if it's the actual coach doing it, that is lack of institutional control. Have you guys seen the statement from Tennessee? Yes. Is that not the one I just read? Yeah, I mean. That is admitting fault. They acknowledge that there's they, something going on. Yeah. So they they are caught in this. The question Coach is: Mattel has is acknowledged one his mistake against Dayton enough? Here's a great chance. I know it's baseball. It's it's not football, so it won't move the needle. But the NCAA has already failed in an NIL investigation, right? Miami basket, Miami women's basketball. They got caught red-handed, and nothing happened. Here's a chance to actually do something. To show that you've got some kind of power and control, right? Tennessee's telling you we did and it would be popular. something wrong. It would be popular. Yes. Everybody would be happy that you took out Tennessee. Do yeah, something. But, show that you've got something left. But I feel like we're going, like I mentioned it, and I feel like we're kind of glossing over it. If, if the sitting active head coach talks to a player on another team about transferring away from his current school to the coach's school and the kid's not in the transfer portal? That's a whole different yeah. level of tampering. That, that, that Tampering is not the right word for that. that, that Strong that's, agree. I mean... You saw how the NFL dealt with it. Draft picks taken away. Draft picks taken yeah. away, suspension to coaches and front office personnel that were involved. Think of fine associated. Fine. Yeah. Like mil it was a million dollars or in the millions of dollars. Like the second a kid enters his name into the transfer portal. Sorry. The world we're in, that is fr- it is Feeding frenzy. But until that happens, to have a, uh, the head coach of another team trying to convince a guy to leave a school where he's currently enrolled and in good standing? I mean, so somebody may say, no, Richard, a full year suspension for that is too much. Mm, I don't know. You know how sometimes punishments are sending a message? Mm-hmm. Send a message. I saw a video, it's an example here, hear me out, stick with me, of a, a peloton of guys riding their bikes on a highway, and or on a busy road, and they all just went right through a stop sign. All of them, together, didn't stop, every single one of them. Cop speeds up in front of the group and stops them all, and says, you guys all ran that stop sign. 
and one of the bikers speaks up and says, no, we didn't. No, we didn't. You're wrong. You're lying. You, we didn't. And the cop goes, all of you can go. And he, he uh, like, put in cuffs and, like, wrote a ticket and all that stuff to the one guy that spoke up. Make an example out of one so everybody else stops. Or at least is afraid to do it again. Tony Vitello is the biker that was telling the cop that he was a liar. Even though, again, it was all on video. Make an example of him. I mean, suspend him for a year and eliminate his ability to recruit for an entire year. You're not allowed to be... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here you go. One year show calls. This, I mean, this poor guy in, in this situation. Well, that he's not the first, and he certainly won't be the last. Said Michael never misses uh, a chance to put down the game of baseball. I'm sorry, baseball's not as popular as football. Sorry if that offends you. It's just the truth. Was in the 30s. Somebody says nobody, nothing will be done. This is the NIL era. Everything goes. Yeah, I, I hear you. But I do think within the NIL era, there are some guidelines that the NCAA is trying to enforce. They have so far come up woefully short. You hand them a little bit of low-hanging fruit, they might just be more than happy to take a bite of that orange. Or knock it out of the park. Yeah. Bad pun. Yeah, well, so was mine. That's fine. Bad bad puns are cool. Um, can you imagine? What about in football? Let's just pick two random coaches. Um, what if? What if Eli Drinkwitz? found out that K.J. Jefferson was going to enter the transfer portal, but had not yet done it, and then went and sat down and talked and tried to convince K.J. Jefferson before he actually entered the transfer portal to come be his quarterback at Missouri. Can you imagine Arkansas's reaction to that? Ooh. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Do you ever get so excited that you just can't wait? Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi team. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Don't touch that dial. Here on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome again, Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us on this Friday afternoon. We're going to be with you all the way until 6 o'clock, as uh, is normally the case. We've got uh, baseball that is beginning in Starkville in about 10 minutes or so. Mississippi State and Arizona State, Game 1 from Duty Noble. Ole Miss was originally scheduled to uh, to get their series started 
with Maryland at four o'clock this afternoon. That has been pushed back to six because of rain in the uh, in the Oxford area. Looks like it's going to get out of here and it's going to be fine for uh, baseball tonight. A little bit cooler than it uh, has than it has been. Southern Miss is hosting Illinois this weekend. First pitch for their game tonight at Pete Taylor Park is at six o'clock. So we will not have any Southern Miss updates during the show uh, this afternoon. You can join us on the ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. Sports Talk is brought to you in part by M-Trade Park, mtradepark.com. You know what? They're going to be able to play baseball at M-Trade Park tonight. There is a, a big tournament going on, a bunch of teams in town this weekend, and because those 14 baseball and softball fields have synthetic turf infields and natural grass outfields, they can handle the rain, and then they can turn around and play ball as soon as it gets stopped. If you are scheduling your kids, your team, for a tournament in the future, be sure to check out the full schedule of uh, tournaments that are coming up at M-Trade Park. U-Triple-S-A Baseball the weekend of March 4th. Same thing on the weekend of March 11th. Same thing on the weekend of March 18th. So the next three weekends, you've got baseball tournaments happening at M-Trade Park. Also on March 25th, an U-Triple-S-A Fast Pitch Tournament. We'll get to soccer before long. You can find the full schedule of events available online at mtradepark.com. If you're going to play, play mtrade. We need to go back and talk more about the uh, the Ole Miss situation. We talked about Chris Beard, and I need to be, read a bunch of your um, I need to read a bunch of your messages because because you had a bunch of them. Bunch of them came in. So let's try and grab a few of those. Um, King Biscuit says, Ole Miss will seriously consider selling their soul to the devil and getting Will Wade or Chris Beard. I don't know if that was a statement or a question. No punctuation there. but Just the, the equation of the two of those guys is baffling to me. Jeff Goodman did it earlier on, on Twitter today, and, and that message... Also, kind of does the same thing. They are not anywhere close to the same in terms of why they are currently out of a job. Now, you can call Will Wade slimy, and you're you're right. You could call him a cheat, and yes, he did. He got caught on FBI wiretaps. But Will Wade's crime is paying players. Not only does the state of Mississippi allow you to do that now, but all the 49 other ones do as well. It's literally celebrated now, that's his crime. Is he a slime ball? Is he well-liked? Is he sleazy? All that stuff. Yes, yes. But that is not the same as why Chris Beard lost his job at Texas. Not anywhere close. I 100% agree with you. I would push back on the but it's legal now part of it. Well, it, it's it, it the, Because the issue to me is not that he paid players. The issue to me is that he brazenly and blatantly broke the rules that were in place at t- at the time. So clearly he has, and, and look, I mean, I get the whole if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying thing. I, I get it. I get it. But there's also the drive 77 to 81 in a 70 on the interstate versus the Let's just roll the dice on 130 and see what happens. Like, those are not exactly the same. If you're going to be that brazen in that scenario, 
Why wouldn't you just break whatever rules are in place now because it's the convenient and easy thing to do? True. At least, though, you don't have to. Uh, you, you can facilitate it. Tony Vitello would like a word. Well, again, there, there are ways you can go about it and still do what you got to do while also protecting yourself. There was no way to protect yourself before. And again, it, it's, it was remarkably stupid how he was going about it. The, the head coach shouldn't be facilitating those, and they shouldn't today either. But. I, I, it just it almost frustrates me when people talk about the two of them as if they're the same, as if their risks are the same. They are not the same. You yeah. can stomach hiring one a lot more than the other, honestly. Depends on who you ask. There are a lot of people that can't stomach the idea of Will Wade at any level. It's just, I'm just telling you, man. Oh, I, mean, I understand that. In, in the that, basketball but... world, there are a gazillion people that think Will Wade is. Well, I'm not going to disparage the guy. Just say they're not fans. We'll read a bunch of your text messages when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Exactly. Sports Talk Mississippi, 4 o'clock hour. Thanks for being with us. We're coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort is the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. DancingRabbitGolf.com, that's where you go to uh, book your tee time, to plan your trip. You can go and uh, check out PearlRiverResort.com for more information. Good to be with you this afternoon. You can be part of the conversation on the Ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. Check out ceasefire.com for the greatest deals on plans and devices. That's ceasefire.com. Hunter is taking advantage of the Ceasefire text line, and frankly, he's making us a little jealous. He sends us a picture from the Left Field Lounge at Duty Noble in Starkville, and then he sends us a picture of what he calls a bit of a starter plate. Starter plate has got... Where are we going? Baked beans, grilled bologna, and uh, shrimp kebabs. A little bit of bread in there? Yeah. Huh? Man, a, smoke, a, a smoked bologna sandwich yeah. is so cheap and yet so good. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're really good. A little Mississippi round steak. Yes, sir. Yeah. No doubt. So, Hunter, enjoy it. Um if I was going to be snarky, I would say that. Well, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, Arizona State has jumped out to a one nothing lead over Mississippi State. A leadoff home run followed by a four-pitch walk followed by a couple of balls to the next batter. Hey, Dad, maybe ahead of me even in terms of... Yeah, I'm looking at live stats. It's, it's still the third batter of the game, though. Yeah. Um, you could live-tweet the game from live stats. I mean, that would be next-level 
play-by-play tweeting from you? Uh, no. Probably not going to do that. Um, no. Yeah, Kate Smith on the mound for uh, for Mississippi State. A little bit of a cement mixer to the uh, first batter breaking ball. It just hung right out over the heart of the plate about belt high. And kid had already yanked one foul down the left field line, and the next one he did not. It was not foul at all. So we'll uh, we'll keep you up to date with what's happening on the diamond in Starkville. Mississippi State has gone today with Luke Hancock at first base and Ross Highfield catching. So something we talked about mm-hmm. yesterday, hey, Dad, that you expected to see. Um, what I'm going to be interested to see if that's something that they kind of play with some. Or yeah. if they just say, it wasn't working, here's what we're doing. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see what they do when Kellum Clark is healthy and back in the lineup, too, because you know you have Bryce Chance, who's hitting the ball well, and you have Hunter Hines, who is not hitting the ball well, but you know what he's capable of. And then you have Colin Clark, who's who was hitting the ball well before he got hurt. So we'll see what happens. They, you know, they, they've got too many uh, too many uh, holes and I guess too many pegs and not enough holes to put them in. Yeah, could use a few pegs on the mound. <laughs> they could use more than a few. If this weekend doesn't way, go well, just pitch looking. the freshman. Just do it. Like all of them. I think yes. They've given well, you think... more good pitches than anybody else has. I think they're gonna. I think Lofton will pitch this weekend. I think that Wednesday we're gonna see Sanjay, or the Tuesday. I'm sorry against against USM. Whenever that game is, I don't know off the top of my head. And then by the end of next week, the Sanjay will be in the weekend rotation for sure. And then Lofton possibly. And that's a different animal. I mean, when you're asking that of a freshman, and I'm not saying the talent's not there for it to be really, really good. By the way, base hit the other way, first and third, and then what, a stolen base? Pass ball. You were talking about that yesterday with Highfield. That is the fourth of the year. Oh, my goodness. You're talking about the one that allowed the run to score. I'm talking about the one that allowed the guy to get from first to second. So was it stolen base and then pass ball? No, just just on the throw from... uh, He advanced on the throw. Okay, gotcha. So it's now 2-0 Arizona State. This is not a good start for Mississippi State, and the past ball was infinitely catchable. It It was not a ball in the dirt that he just didn't handle well. It was like... Three weekends this, uh, this spring, I think. Um... Yeah, well, we'll see where this goes, but not a great start for for Mississippi State. Uh, We promised to go back to the text line because there were a ton of texts from you when we were talking about Will Wade, Chris Beard, etc. There was this one. The charges were dropped for two reasons. The wishes of the alleged victim, and there was not sufficient evidence. Texas is woke. Is that two reasons, or or is that the same reason? Not sufficient evidence because the alleged victim chose not to press the charges? I mean, unless unless you're going to call the police liars, they observed physical markings on her body. It's in their report. The pictures are there. They just haven't been released. 
And if they have, yeah, yeah, and I mean, even it sounds like you're speaking from a position of knowledge. Just logic tells you if they observed physical markings on her body, they made sure to document those beyond just written word. I mean, woke is now becoming such an overused word because not possibly not wanting to hire somebody that was recently at absolute best at absolute best. Involved in a physical altercation with a partner, a woman. If that his is fiance, his fiance. If that is woke, then the word has no meaning. It just it, done. It, well, I, I think what he was saying was that Texas was woke for firing him. <laughs> like, oh, a bunch of liberal, all keep Austin weird people, and they no, they fired him because Steve Sarkeesian's their football coach. You think you think Texas athletics is woke? He was drunk on the field. On the field. And they still hired him. Yeah. Y- y- you think which those I mean I don't know that I think those are they're they're not, but the same. They they are willing to keep people that have problems under their employ. Yeah. So it's uh, just it, the the absence of nuance with, with Chris Beard I, I find frustrating. To pretend like Keith Carter, if he doesn't hire him, he doesn't care about winning, it, it, to me is ridiculous. I, I find that just, it's nauseating to hear that statement. If you think that Keith Carter should vet him... It's dumb. It, yes. If you think that he should like vet him and, and see what he can find and go down that road, I agree with you there. But if it's Hire him, and if you don't, you're a failure. I think that is a, just a ridiculously elementary thought. It's almost like if Keith Carter doesn't hire Chris Beard, he cares about more than just winning. I mean, not that you're really allowed to do that anymore, but maybe. Uh, is Michael White out of the question? Michael White seems unlikely, be, uh, given that he's in his first year at Georgia. A pretty good job at Georgia this year. Uh, is Keith better off hiring someone unproven who may not win or trying to hire the best coach Ole Miss would have ever hired? Yeah, what Beard did is terrible. However, Keith also can't hire a guy and be back here in three years either. That's f- It's fair. But. But. I'm sorry, I'm watching... Okay, that worked out. Sacrifice fly. That was almost a grand slam for Arizona State. They lead 3 nothing with... Is who the batter yeah. was? No. Who was it? His name is Will Rogers. Oh, wow. <laughs> Double agent. Yeah, it, it's just, it's not that but, simple. But, He's a great yeah, coach, I, hire him. It's not that simple. Is uh, Maybe false equivalent is the way to describe it. Is Keith better off hiring someone unproven who may not win or hiring the best coach Ole Miss ever would have hired? If that's where it stopped, then of course, it's simple. Go hire the best coach you've ever been able to hire. Why are you able to hire Chris Beard? Oh, wait, because he was fired from his last job. Why was he fired from his last job? Did he not win enough? Oh, no, he was winning plenty. Police were called to his house for a domestic violence issue in the middle of the night. But ultimately, the charges were dropped. 
Oh, well, in that case, sure, hire him. Should Bryce Drew be a candidate? Uh, no. <laughs> Can I do Keith Carter hiring Bryce Drew? <laughs> that would be the funniest thing ever. Tyler at Foxworth says, if Ole Miss hires him, it's the same thing as the Brandon Miller situation. It will say that winning is all that matters. Eh. And I don't know that it's the exact same thing, but I hear what you're saying. Chase says, I get the ick factor, like, yeah, but business is still business. Mm. Unless it's not. What we're going to do right here is go back. And now back to the- back to the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. So let's get rolling. On Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. We'll have a, uh, a Food Friday coming up at 20 minutes after 5 this afternoon. Looking forward to that. Is this a cooking weekend for you, hey, Dad? Nah, no time. No time? No. I'll be at ballparks and basketball arenas all weekend. Okay. There you go. Uh, Mississippi State batting with a runner at first and nobody out. Bottom of the first inning, trailing 3 nothing against Arizona State. Game one of this weekend's three-game series. Hey, where's Cowboy Hat guy? Oh, is he not there? No. Yeah. The, 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 well, that's not good. The seat on the end of the row? On the, yeah, I know who you're talking about. On the, yeah. He's, uh, oh, we got a clock rule violation. Oh. Third base umpire has said he's he's pointed to his watch. Porky, we needed to, uh, I guess, keep rolling through some of these messages. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Well, we've talked through Chris Beard, and, and you know, we've talked about Will Wade a lot as well. Um, I'm intrigued by that option, honestly. But who else? If not them, then who else? Because I've seen a handful of things. One, people are, and we've gotten the text, a couple of them that have said something like, you can't just hire another mid-major. Well, I understand why people think that, truly. Like, when the name Dusty May comes out, it is a fair question to wonder, would he be a leading candidate had he not have ties to Ole Miss? Would he be the number one mid-major guy if he didn't have ties to Ole Miss, that's a fair question and, and totally justified from Ole Miss fans who have been scarred from the national search, but we found the guy that had ties to Ole Miss. Imagine that. The best candidate always has ties to Ole Miss. I get that criticism. But is Ole, is that unique to Ole Miss? Or do, do all schools, to a certain degree, kind of gravitate to people who are have, have ties to their program? Michigan wants Michigan people. So there's one. Yeah. 
mean, Mississippi None of State State's current head coaches. Not currently, but traditionally. Well, I mean, Cohen, obviously, but I mean, Polk was there forever, and McMahon was his guy underneath him. Um, yeah. But Canizero didn't have any connections to Mississippi State. Yeah. But the point is, and I think that's a valid question, a valid criticism. All of that's valid. However, the guy you want, Chris Beard, came from Little Rock. The other guy you want, Will Wade, came from VCU in Chattanooga. Nate Oates came from Buffalo. Eric Musselman's a mid-major. I mean, all of the almost all of the great college basketball coaches were either assistants at a high-profile job or a mid-major coach. So you can't hire a mid-major because he won't win. It is not rooted in reality. That, that that's not a realistic thought. There were three head coaching hires in the SEC last year. Well, no, there, there were more than that. Five, right? Sorry. They, they were there were a bunch. Chris Jans was at a mid-major. It's called New Mexico State. And he is on the cusp of going to the NCAA tournament. Dennis Gates was at Cleveland State. He's now at Missouri, and they are on their way to the NCAA tournament. Todd Golden is at Florida. Just lost his... They were a bubble team for a while. It's not a great team. He's got work to do there, but losing Colin Castleton ended their NCAA tournament hopes. Um, And... Oh, at LSU... Matt McMahon, McMahon, LSU. Matt McMahon. Well, and he's dealing with the Huge fallout rebuild. of Will Wade. But yeah. mid-major uh, mid is not a criticism, or at least it should and, be. And then Mike White went from Florida to, yeah. to Georgia. So right. the, that, I think, is people are misconstruing. I, I don't know if it's because they don't understand really how the college basketball landscape works or what, but you don't just go hire sitting Power 5 head coaches very often, if ever, especially when your job has been to nine NCAA tournaments ever. Now, th- there's a chance that it happens, though. So I mentioned Dusty May, right? And-, and people are turned off by him, understandably so, because he might be a candidate only because he has ties to Ole Miss. However... Wait, hold on a second. But, but but that's not the only reason he's a, he's a candidate, that, because they're 25-3 and three this year and 15-2 and two in their conference. That's what I was getting to. Uh, okay. to however... He's been there five years at FAU, has had five winning seasons. He has literally doubled FAU's winning seasons. Doubled them. It's a horrible pro, a horrible place to, to coach. Awful job. No history of anything. He's doubled their winning seasons. First ranking ever. Runs a, a fast-paced, still pretty efficient style of play. So th- there is a but associated with him, and that but is... Can he assemble a staff and recruit and portal at this level? Because he hasn't done it yet. He's also never coached an NCAA tournament game. There's no perfect candidate out there. So every time somebody brings up a name, well, this. So therefore, he's out. Okay, right, so let, me, about- let me throw a couple of names at you. Um, but Because right, but there's some common names that have been floating yeah. around, right? Dusty May's name's been floating around. Pat Kelsey at College of Charleston's name's been floating around. There's uh, a butt for Grant, him. Never yeah, coached at the highest level. Great Grant coach. Caslin at North Texas. Uh, the guy at Utah State. So, so there, But then there are a couple of names that I feel like have not been as commonly tossed around that I wonder if maybe you should be thinking about. What about Ron Hunter? That name ring a bell? It's interesting the, for sure. Mm-hmm. You remember the guy that fell off the stool in the NCAA tournament? I mean, legit March Madness moments absolutely has 
coached in the NCAA tournament at Georgia State and has done a really good job at Tulane. Tulane's a hard place to win. He's a proven head coach. I don't know how old Ron Hunter is. Ron Hunter is 58. He made three NCAA tournaments at at Georgia State. Three in a short time. You want to talk about a guy that is magnetic when he speaks? Like you listen to him talk, and man, that is that's a great personality. Long time at IUPUI, Indiana University, Purdue University of Indianapolis, Uwe Pui, I believe they call it, and then uh, Georgia State, and now four years at Tulane. No NCAA tournaments at Tulane, but again, that's a that's a hard job. Um, what about Bob Ritchie? Remember that name? We kicked that name around a little bit last year. I know Bob Ritchie. Of your Furman Paladins. Yeah. Um, really efficient offense. Um, Fast-paced. Take a lot of outside shots. He always has good shooters. Is a consistent winner. The butt with him, though, is hasn't coached outside of the state of South Carolina. Hasn't had a, a job even as an assistant at a, at a big-time school. So you don't know if he can recruit and portal and assemble a staff. But... Uh, style of play, major, major check in his um, in the positive column for him. The way they play is fun and interesting, and he's got shooters, and they run a fast, efficient style of basketball, and he wins. Hey, Dad, we saw him in Starkville last year, right, when Furman came mm-hmm. and... Uh, and Should have won that game. Yeah, as I said, it was a really it was close kid yeah. that went off, too. Yeah, to, to your always has good shooters. Uh, I remember being... Pretty impressed with him. Um, just, you know, kind of in talking to him leading up to the game and then kind of watching them during that game. It was pretty good stuff. So yeah. just a couple of other names to kind of yeah. throw out there that yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to come from a pool of here are four names. Right. End of conversation. The, the one I'm most intrigued by and, and uh, may not be realistic at all, Again, every candidate has a butt. He's got one, too. But Chris Holtman at Ohio State has made... Yep. He's um, he's made seven consecutive NCAA tournaments at two different sites. He's the only option that, that checks all of these boxes. Consistently makes the NCAA tournament. Has done that at two different stops. Has repeatedly recruited high-level NBA caliber players has had multiple staffs at multiple stops of high-level recruiters and doesn't come with any baggage. Now, I know Ole Miss is not Ohio State or Butler. They don't have the same resources or basketball history. But he has had eight straight teams that were tournament teams. The COVID year got canceled. That team was very clearly going to make the tournament. If he goes to one-third of the tournaments that he's made in a nine-year stretch at Ole Miss... It would be the greatest run in the school's history. Like he brought Gardner Webb their first twenty win season ever. Butler's been a train wreck since he's left. Good coach, good recruiter, proven track record, proven consistent tournament appearances, and has won a game in six of those seven tournament appearances, at least one, and no baggage. And he's got ties to Mississippi. That one's intriguing to me. 
Took Butler to the second round, the second round, then the Sweet 16 at Ohio State. Second round, second round, postseason canceled, first round, second round. But they're not good this season. They're, they're, They're bad this year. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. Mississippi. Sports in Mississippi. You'll hear about it here. Here. Sports Talk Mississippi. You like this show, huh? Yeah. Super Talk Mississippi. In the bottom of the second inning, they trail Arizona State 5 nothing. A couple of home runs in the game already uh, for Arizona State. Hey, dude, that was a big old shake of the head you just had there. I mean, it's pretty bad, pretty embarrassing on, on a, to just come out and just get rolled like this in the early innings. I just rest of the my, my, my first thought right now is no. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. My first thought right now as I'm watching this is just I wouldn't pitch Sanjay against uh, USM on Tuesday. I'll save him for the weekend. Make sure he can go Friday night. Hmm. And a little surprising to see this from Kate Smith because he's the guy that's, that's been solid and is kind of more experienced and has been a good pitcher. Yeah, has been, but not today. Yeah, and and the the stuff that he's gotten down in trouble, in his velocity too. Well, I didn't notice that. Um, the the stuff that he's gotten in trouble with has been breaking balls up. They have not had yeah. bite. They've just kind of been floating out in the middle of the plate. Yeah. Uh, SEC scoreboard right now: Arkansas leading seven to two over Eastern Illinois in the bottom of the seventh. LSU leading seven to two over Kansas State. That's top of the ninth. Alabama up six three on High Point. Bottom of the fifth. Kentucky now in front of Wright State six to three. That's in the bottom of the fourth. South Carolina leading Penn five to one in the bottom of the fifth inning. Tennessee up three to two over Dayton in the bottom of the third. Georgia going the Ivy League route this weekend. They lead three nothing over Princeton. That's in the top of the third. Uh, Vanderbilt and UCLA just underway in Nashville. No score top of the first inning. Coming up, Missouri FIU game two. FIU won last night four to three. Down in South Florida, uh, Florida and Cincinnati coming up at 5.30. Southern Cal and Auburn coming up at 6. Maryland and Ole Miss coming at 6. And also at 6, Portland and Texas A&M. So that's the schedule tonight for the the teams in the SEC. Southern Miss's game against Illinois is at 6 o'clock tonight in Hattiesburg at at Pete Taylor Park. So that's, uh, that's your scoreboard and what is coming up. Morky, there's one more name that is kind of worth floating around just in terms of guys that are available that have got a history of success. Chris Mack. A lot of success so at interesting. Xavier. Um, it did not go well for him at Louisville. First year tournament, second year COVID, third year suspended for six games at the beginning of the season for recording a conversation um, with Dino Gaudio that 
when Dino Gaudio was trying to extort him, it was a violation of university policies to record a conversation without the other party knowing, and then he was fired the next year after a 6-8 and eight start. And that COVID team was going to make the tournament, too. Very similar to Holtman. You know, it, it's spinning it some well, with Holtman, but he had eight consecutive tournament teams. You can add another one to Mac as well. That team was going to make the tournament also. Yeah. Um, and, they, you know, the season got canceled, whatever. But the point is, even despite it going bad at Louisville, we still had two tournament teams. Yeah. yeah. And that's another guy. Although he's got... I don't know if you want to call that baggage or whatever. There, there's there's something there. But there's another guy that has multiple stops of making the tournament, recruiting at a high level, hiring staff at a high level. And those kind of options don't come around very often. That's why I'm kind of hung up on Holtman so much. It's you know, I, I know Keith Carter is getting pressure to some degree about Dusty May. You can tell me I'm wrong if I'm wrong, but there there are there are people trying to push him in that direction. The athletic director gets pushed in a lot of different directions by a lot of people. I know that's a direction that that people that pay a lot of the bills are wanting to push him down. You don't know if he can hire a staff and recruit and portal. But you know Holtman can. You know Mac can. You know Beard and Wade can. But They've got the baggage. Holman doesn't have the baggage. He has one bad year in a decade. That's why I'm so intrigued by him. I think Ole Miss fans turning their nose up at a guy that's had one bad year in a decade is ridiculous considering the history of the basketball program. But anyway. Chris Holtman's contract is an odd one. His base salary is a million dollars, which they kind of break out differently, but he's got also... $1.3 million in media obligations that is added to that, so that takes him to $2.3 million, and then there are some other... I think all in, he's at about $3 million a year. And he's got a contract that runs, what, through the 27-28 season? I think so. And his contract has built-in $450,000 a year raises. And it's going to be expensive to get him away. Uh, if Ohio State wants to terminate Holtman's contract prior to 2028, he would be owed the full remaining salary. And if he wants to leave Ohio State early, um, let's see here, prior to June 30th of 2023, it's a $2.5 million buyout, and that number goes down $500,000 a year. So, look, this is not the single determining factor, but money is an issue in this. Ole Miss is currently paying Kermit Davis, what, just a hair over $3 million a year. They owe him a buyout for his termination. If they wanted to go get a guy like Chris Holtman, they would have to pay a buyout there. So if Kermit Davis's buyout is somewhere in the 3 to $4 million neighborhood, because there were two years left on his deal, at $3 million a year, and it's some percentage of that salary that, that Ole Miss owes him. For some reason, I'm thinking it's like 60% of the remaining. So, you know, roughly $4 million, maybe a little less than that on the buyout. And then you had a $2.5 million buyout to get a guy away who's already making $3 million, so you would expect that he would want to raise on top of that. 
I mean, is Ole Miss going to pay a basketball coach three and a half, four million dollars? Well, unless Ohio State's wanting to move off of him. That that that's kind of an ex. And you would, I'm asking because I don't know the answer to this. Because of the buyout situation and Ole Miss's financial situation, shout out Auburn in part for that. Um, would the two sides, or could the two sides work together to work on buyout? Because if Ohio State wants to move on from Holtman, they'd have to pay him a lot, right? But if Ole Miss wants to hire him, they'd have to pay Ohio State a lot, right? But if both mm-hmm. of those things are happening simultaneously, wonder if they could work on a lesser agreed buyout so Ole Miss doesn't have to pay as much as they would otherwise, and Ohio State wouldn't have to pay as much as they would otherwise, like mutually work together to help each other out, essentially, Maybe. to get it done, because they seemingly want to move on from him. Possibly. But he's still at a base salary of $3 million with a half million dollar raise every year for the rest of the contract. That doesn't mean you have to give it to him if they're moving on from him, though. You don't have to give him that. Yeah, but he doesn't have to move on from that when Ohio State's on the hook for it if they want to fire him. Interesting I, I, deal here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I guess the point in all of this I'm saying is Ole Miss has got a lot of money going out in a lot of different directions. They are probably, I don't, it's not probably, Ole Miss is paying beyond what it is comfortable paying for its football coach. Yeah, head football coach making $9 million a, a year with a defensive coordinator that, what, is over two on a three-year deal and had to pay a buy out there. I mean, it's just, it's just a lot of money. And I know Haydad is, is fond of the, oh, they'll find the money, but at some point there's no money to be found at least in the immediate. And and so, you know, I don't know how much that factors in here. Because if you go get a mid-major guy, you're more like two, two and a half million a year. Or, you know, somewhere in the 1.8 to 2.5 range. I think that's kind of what all the new guys last year got. Do you know Jan's number off the top of your head, hey, Dad? I do not. I think he's about two I'm million. Yeah, I think that sounds right. 2.4. Okay. Incentives up to six hundred and fifty yep. K. But maybe that's like, you know, making the final four. Sure. If he makes the tournament this year, you would think that there would be a a nice little incentive there. there. We get this yeah. message. Better make a splash hire to get more folks in seats. I I agree that a splash hire would get more people in seats immediately. Like that that's objectively true. But I promise you if they look improved and they win games through the non-conference and they start SEC play 2-0 and or whatever, fans are going to show up in droves to watch the team play, regardless of what the name of the coach is. Sure. Winning, well, it, winning draws people regardless of who is doing the winning. That's, that's all that matters. Chase Parham and I have talked about this, and I think he's written about it a little bit as well. The, the truth is... There's not that much difference in revenue for the number of season tickets that Ole Miss is selling right now versus if they sold out the entire building for every single game. Because, I mean, they're selling, what, four or 5,000 season tickets right now? I mean, it's a couple of million dollars difference. So that number is not as crazy as some might think. We'll be back. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. 
Welcome again, Sports Talk Mississippi. Good to be with you this afternoon. A lot of conversation today about where Ole Miss is headed in basketball. Uh, There is a team that is playing a massive game of basketball tomorrow, right here in the state of Mississippi, uh, after being in a similar position to where Ole Miss is just a year ago. And when you hire a new coach, that's what you hope for, right? You, You hope that the new guy comes in and there is an injection of energy and enthusiasm and winning. And Mississippi State finds itself in that spot. They've got Texas A&M tomorrow. And, hey, Dad, what I think is one of the biggest games for Mississippi State basketball in the last, ooh, uh, is decade saying too oh, wow. Is that too long? Well, I mean, you look at State's one tournament team. That team was pretty good start to finish, and, and at this point in the season was comfortably in the NCAA tournament. So, yeah, I mean, you, you, you've you got to go back a long, long time, I think, to find one that had the stakes that this game has. Uh, and, and it's on both sides because Texas A&M, as we've said, playing incredibly well. They're only a game behind Alabama, uh, and they have the Crimson Tide coming up in, uh, in three games. So they, they want to get that win as well. And, and that's the thing. I mean, it's big for different reasons, right? Texas A&M is chasing an SEC regular season title. Mississippi State is firmly on the bubble. Joe Lunardi currently has them projected in the field. Let's see. I, I had an updated email from Joe Lunardi just a little while had him, ago. Had them as the last team of the, the last teams in. Okay. A win tomorrow changes that probably dramatically for Mississippi mm-hmm. State. Um, right now, eight SEC teams projected to be in the field. But you don't want to be in that last team in spot going into right. conference tournament week because inevitably they're going to be bid stealers and they're all kinds of stuff. So when you, when you look at this matchup, and, and we'll break this down more in the 5 o'clock hour. We don't have time to like go f- through a full breakdown. You obviously start for Mississippi State with Tolu Smith. And you look at what Missouri did. I mean, Texas A&M shoot-around is at 7 o'clock in the morning. I can't wait to talk to Buzz, Will- uh, Buzz Williams about kind of how they're going to attack Tolu Smith. And, and I, can't, I guess what I mean is attack defensively. Because Texas A&M has got a couple of pretty physical post players. Julius Marble's coming off a really good game for them against Tennessee. Like he, Tennessee did not have an answer for him. But from a size standpoint, Texas A&M doesn't have a ton. Of, they're not. They're not tall. They, they've got Julius Marble, the Michigan State transfer, and they've got um, Henry Coleman the third who's a, a Duke transfer from a couple of years ago. Two really good players, but not traditional post players. And, and so that's the first thing that stands out to me as being really, really interesting. And then the next piece is the, the guards matchup, kind of on both ends of the floor. Wade Taylor's playing at a really high level, like all SEC-type level at their point guard. Um, Tyrese Radford, Boots Radford, it's had a really, really good season for them. And they got some nice pieces. 
What are you focused on in terms of the matchup? When, when you look at Texas A&M and the way they like to play defense, and it's sort of similar to what Missouri did to Mississippi State Wednesday, they're going to pack the paint and they're going to try to get you to shoot threes. And that is a formula for State to be unsuccessful. That is not how Mississippi State wins basketball games. State's game is finding those high percentage looks in the paint and getting through the free throw line. So State's going to have to overcome that. Uh, and, but A&M is playing so well right now. Um, you know, I'm, I'm worried about Mississippi State's ability to do that because I don't think they can have a game like, like, totally had a double double against Mizzou. Yeah. But I don't think 14 and 10 is enough to win. I think he needs to be in the 20s and, and be a facilitator through his offense for opening things up for the other players. Can't have Deshaun Davis going two for, two for 11 either. You asked me when we talked on Tuesday before Mississippi State's game against Missouri who I thought the, the guy that might step up or had to step up would be. And I kind mm-hmm. of threw Cam Matthews out there and you know, the way Deshaun Davis had played in some big moments. Who, who do you think that person is tomorrow? It needs to be a perimeter guy, so it might be DJ Jeffries. Uh, you know, he's had some ups and downs this year. He had a decent game against Mizzou at 10-7. and seven. I didn't take a lot of shots, but he's going to have some opportunities tomorrow. He needs to hit them and give Mississippi State some buckets early in the game, I think. Texas A&M currently ranked number 25. They're 21-7 and overall, 13-2 and in SEC play. Coming off a win at home against Tennessee on Tuesday night. Um, A&M has won six straight SEC games, which is their longest in-season regular season winning streak since the 2015-2016 season. Under Buzz Williams, A&M's won three of four against Mississippi State. Their only win in Starkville was a one-point win in 2021. We'll talk more about this game in the 5 o'clock hour. College football fix, though, is coming up next. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. o'clock hour. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi. (laughs) Streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. Glad to have you along on this Friday afternoon in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sportsbook at the Golden Moon Casino. Busy time of the year coming up at the sportsbook. March Madness just around the corner. You've got college baseball off and rolling uh, great way to get away for a weekend, and it can be part of like a, a bigger weekend. You're looking for a little guys trip where you've got some golf and you got uh, some casino options. You got the sports book going on. They're rolling back with the um, what is it the 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 bed and play? Is, is that is that what they called that? I don't feel like that was the name of it, but the the whole you you make a wager of a certain amount at the sports book, and you get a voucher for a uh, discounted round of golf at uh, Dancing Rabbit. You can find out more about all of that online at PearlRiverResort.com. Good to uh, be with you this afternoon. You can be part of the conversation on the Ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. Again, 
888-400-4395. Let Ceasefire handle all of your business IT needs with their authority team. Learn more online at ceasefire.com slash business. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, and it's time right now for the College Football Fix. Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. It's Truck Month, Mississippi. Check out the F-150, the all-new Ford Super Duty, or if you're looking for a pickup, maybe it's the Ranger or the Maverick. Best drive one today at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. This is a fascinating story that comes from the Florida State On3 site. There was a Florida State University Board of Trustees meeting earlier today, and Michael Alford, who is the Seminoles Athletics Director, was posed a question. Tampa Bay Times reporter Matt Baker reported that, I guess this came from a board member, and was asked of Michael Alford the question... How much would it cost to leave the ACC? Now, it was the university's legal counsel who provided the answer, saying that it would cost Florida State somewhere in the neighborhood of $120 million to bail from the ACC in the league's current media rights deal. The backdrop for the question was a discussion about the ACC's current model of equal revenue distribution. As it currently stands... Offered, the AD said Florida State creates about 15% of the revenue for the conference, but only gets a return of 7%. This has led to a resource gap. And he went on to say, say that sentence day, again. Florida State creates about 15% of State, the revenue for Florida the conference. Florida State generates 15% of the revenue for a conference of 14. And gets a return of about 7%. But but that's not different from the structure in the SEC. I mean, let's not pretend like... Don't you think it would be a little bit more spread out, though, in the I, SEC? I, yeah, I, I think so. But I guess where I was getting was it's pretty clear that Alabama and Georgia and LSU are probably responsible for a larger piece of the revenue generated by the SEC than perhaps Mississippi State or Ole Miss or South Carolina or Arkansas. For sure. Just randomly picked teams, by the way. But here's what was said after that. Alford said at the end of the day, if something's not done... We cannot be $30 million behind every year compared to our peers. Baker from the Tampa Bay Times reported the trustee asked roughly the following question. So if we make up the $30 million we're behind from our peers, we'd break even in roughly four years? Alford responded that hypothetically, yes, that would be the case. That means that if Florida State were to pay $120 million or so to get a league that would offer significantly more under its media rights deal, it would take at least four years to make up 
what was spent to buy them out of their current contract. So by year five, you're getting a greater return on your investment. Five, six, depending on how the numbers finally shake out. And if you can somehow get an agreement on a possible reduced buyout number? I wouldn't count on that. But still. I don't think you're going into anything expecting to get a discount for leaving a league. You know Not what, when you're in a power league. You know what this tells me, though? I don't know if desperate is the right word, but they see the writing on the wall and they understand what needs to happen and what needs to happen fast or else. Is it possible this direct quote that makes you think that from Offer, the athletics director at Florida State, at the end of the day for Florida State to compete nationally, something has to change going forward. Is that the quote that leads you to believe that they won out? They won out? Yeah. I And... Man, I, this stuff interests me. I know it doesn't interest Hey Dad, but also it's now seven nothing in Starkville. So maybe we can maybe we can loop Hey Dad into the speaking conference of, realignment conversation a little bit easier. Speaking of not interesting, yeah. But still, I mean, this tells me that they want to. I, I wonder if they have made that known to the, the league office, <clears throat> not formally, obviously, but I wonder if Greg Sankey's received a phone call saying, "Hey, Greg, let's let's do something." We want out. Please let well, us look, in. So so this is public because you had a board member who was opining and asking questions in a public setting. But are we to believe that that's a question that wasn't planted? That somebody didn't say, you know, this actually might be a good way for us to say some things on the record, because I don't have the ability to not respond or to ignore the questions of a board of trustees member in a public setting. I can't just go out and do an interview and say that. But if a board of trustees member asks me a direct question, and ultimately the board of trustees is my boss, and they are my boss's boss, I kind of have to answer their question. And then he also had the cover of legal counsel to throw what the dollar amounts were. And then he talked hypothetically and whatever. What I'm getting at, though, is this clearly is a conversation that had happened behind closed doors before it happened publicly. And if it's happening at Florida State, it's happening at Clemson. I mean, do you figure Clemson's percentage is probably close to Florida State's? Yeah. So two schools out of out of fourteen are giving you thirty percent of your revenue. Yeah. I, I don't know I get, that I, I believe get, the I get the problem number for Florida State. I'm not sure who did the math on that, but if Florida State is Florida State's the biggest football brand, well, second biggest football brand in the ACC. Clemson's the yeah. biggest football brand right now. Florida State's traditionally yeah. the biggest football brand. So mm-hmm. you, you pair that. With the news out of the Pac-12, which is nobody wants to pay for their games. Nobody. No, I mean nobody. Nobody wants to. There was an, Ion TV have we put in a bid? Emerged. Have we put in a bid? Uh, we probably afford it. The Pac-12 on Super Talk. Yeah, Richard, we you could be the lead. You could be the lead announcer for the Pacific 12 Conference. I mean, I'm just saying the Power Five is dead. 
<laughs> I got him interested. I got him thinking there. <laughs> we can probably afford it. Oregon, honestly. Washington on a Saturday night. Yeah. Richard Cross on the call. Let's go. Nobody wants it. The power. I got, I got him thinking. Look. <laughs> I mean. I love it. Up. Yeah. Can you imagine the frequent flyer miles? Oh. Get a trip, free trip to Hawaii here in a couple of years. Maybe less. To Hawaii? Yeah, all right, wherever you want to go. The Maldives. Oh, oh, oh you mean based on the, based the on miles available. Yeah. Oh, I was like, is there a game? Is there not a Pac-12 member in Hawaii, is there? No. Well, there might be if they keep this up. But Power Five's dead. It's not this year, but it's dead. Done. William and Madison, I, I think this is a bit of a change. That, by the way, that conversation is not going anywhere. If that's happening in a board of trustees meeting at Florida State, that conversation is not going anywhere. William and Madison, Cross would think there is risk in hiring Mother Teresa if she was still alive. Okay, William. She doesn't know hoops. They don't, they don't play basketball in India. Yeah, but she could hire Sister Jean as an assistant. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi. <laughs> Can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. Triple Eight Eight Zero Eight Eight Six Three Seven on Super Talk Mississippi. Baseball in Starkville, Mississippi State has runners at second and third with two outs in the bottom of the fourth inning with Arizona State leading 7 nothing. Clearly a spot where Mississippi State needs to take advantage. Uh, ceasefire text line, yes. 601-879-4395. Question asked and then immediately why can't y'all answer my question? Well, the reason we didn't answer your question immediately is because we were in the middle of a different conversation about a different topic. That's why we didn't, like, stop exactly what we were doing at that moment. The question you asked was, hey, do y'all think Mississippi State baseball coach will make it through the season before getting fired? I mean, this is game six. And two years ago, they carried a trophy off the field in Omaha. So, yes, I think Chris Lamonis will make it through the season without getting fired. I do. And I don't know if you feel differently about that question than I, would, I do. I, f- I certainly do not believe Mississippi State would let Chris Lamonis go midseason. Got to change quick, though. I mean, Missouri looks good out of the gate. Right now, on look, Mississippi State is either the 13th or the 14th best team in the SEC. On look, in six games. The good news is it's a 56-game season. Yeah, there's 50 more. But so far, 
They got a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do. They do have a lot of work to do. We will go back to the matchup between Texas A&M and Mississippi State, but right now it is time for one of our favorite parts of the week. What is that? It is a Food Friday. Food Friday, each and every week, is presented by Polk's Meat. You can find them online at polksmeat.com. The only problem with going to their website is you can't eat their website. Nope, not edible. But you can get ideas. You can get recipe ideas. If you're looking for a, uh, a recipe for jambalaya or, I don't know, whatever it is that has sausage in it, you can find that online at Polk's Meat. But you can also find out the product offerings they've got. You can find out the locations for where those are available. And there's some merchandise on there. Uh, you can you can find all of those things online at polksmeat.com. But what you can really do is go to your grocery store, your local grocery store, wherever you are in Mississippi, there is a uh, an overwhelming chance that they serve or sell Polk's Meat products at your local grocery store. And if by chance they don't, just go find the meat manager. The meat department manager, and say, hey, we can get some Polk's meat. The Mississippi company, it's fantastic. You're going to sell it if you order it. We want to buy it. Why don't you get it? Please. And if you need one more reason, I'll give you that. It's because picky people pick Polk's. Hey, you said you don't have grilling plans for the weekend, but surely you have eating plans of some sort. I don't think you're going to go going out for entire... sushi. Oh? After this, after the the show here tonight, Cajun smoked sausage super uh, sushi roll. Polk's Cajun smoked sausage. Oh, like no meat for the whole month, or just on Fridays? Just on Fridays. Fridays only. Okay. Fridays only. Yeah. Do you have fish today already? I haven't had. I had a bowl of cereal. That's all I've had today. That is allowed during Lent? Yes, the bowl of cereal is allowed. Cereal's good. What about it, Michael Borky? Big baseball weekend. you got baseball tonight. you got lots of baseball and basketball tomorrow. Going to be around the house, I'm assuming, watching some games. What's, yeah, uh, what's going on? Yeah, weather's going to be awesome putting a TV outside to watch okay. baseball because why would I not? I'm going to get a lot of yard work done, and so I want to do something easy. I'm just going to do a butt and then. Um, Put it on some nachos. I'm going to do some like ballpark barbecue nachos, but made better because they were made by me. And I plan on smoking that queso as well to put on top of them. That's the plan. Tomorrow. I'll give you a pro, give you a pro tip for your nachos. And one of our listeners, I think, mentioned they were doing it too. Instead of tortilla chips, pork rinds. Yeah, I remember that. No carbs. Mm. Mm. You know what's great on nachos? Fried pita bread or four nachos. Fried pita bread. It's like, it's like we're putting bread on top of nachos now. What's bread going on, on with bread, the baby? Hey, hey, it wouldn't be the first time I've done something like that. But yeah, double carbs. Fried pita bread for your nachos is awesome. There's yeah. there's a Greek place. So are Frito scoops. That too. Fried Fritos and t- you had the scoops are the are the best ones. Yeah. Hmm. You gotta layer your nachos. There, there are too many places that give you like a big plate of nachos, and they put everything just on top of the stack. You've got to layer toppings, layer toppings. You can't just throw a bunch of chips in, 
to whatever container you're using and then just put everything on top. You got to put some chips down and then yes. some of your meat and cheese yes. and whatever else you're putting on and then put more chips down and do it that way. You got to layer it like lasagna. Absolutely there, correct. Uh, I detect no lies in what you just said. So uh, pork butt nachos for uh, for Michael Borky. You're going out for sushi tonight, hey Dad. What about Sunday? You gonna you gonna we're gonna cook it up on Sunday? I don't know what I'm doing yeah. Sunday. Uh, no, nah, I mean, I'm, what time am I gonna get home at like four thirty, five o'clock, and then have to do the podcast too? So yeah, probably not. No. Okay. You do. You do busy with you. Fire up the grill and throw a little sausage on the grill oh, for some breakfast. If I had one of that griddle like you have, I might, but a grill, no. I'm, I'm here to tell you, I feel like the, the griddle was, was kind of an impulse purchase. Oh, no. I, I got to get to the summer, and, and we'll see. See if I can find some ways to, to use that and use it creatively. But right now, yeah. it's a little more than a conversation piece. And the conversation is, eh. I don't know if that was the, the right call or not, but here we are. Um, all right, one pot penne pasta. Polk's original smoked sausage. The beef smoked sausage going into the one pot penne pasta. Very good. Uh, let's see here. Ribeyes done like stale cracker. Yeah. Hit them with the butter bath, then onto the open flame. You don't know Stale Cracker, do you? No, what are we talking about here? He's a... He's an internet guy. Internet YouTube cooking oh, okay. celebrity. TikTok guy. Yeah. I got you. He puts on a he's, fake He's that mullet. Cajun guy. Yeah, and, and like he, he owns a, uh, a crawfish farm. But he does all these like Cajun cooking recipes and stuff. He, he's, he plays a character. He's goofy. But he puts a mullet and has like a... A belt with a like koozies attached to it, so he's got like six beers around his belt at all times and stuff. But he makes really, really, really good food. Like okay. there's videos of him getting catfish out of the barrels that he puts out and and all that. Okay. Interesting guy. All right, so uh, we're doing ribeyes done stale cracker style. Hit him with the butter bath and then into the open flame. All right, I, I got I got That's no issue with that. Debbie in Ocean Springs who delivers. I think every single week with not only pictures but uh, the actual food. Do, do you think Debbie actually cooks all this, or does she just like I think so? Yeah. Pictures on no, the internet no. and then throw them and pretend it's her. No, man, fantastic. Uh, that's real stuff. Firecracker shrimp and white lightning wings in the air fryer. Those fried shrimp look good. Look really good. So what do we? Th- what's the firecracker? Is that the sauce? It's like a firecracker sauce. Is that what we're doing there? I guess. Unless okay. the shrimp might just have some spicy breading. I don't know. Okay. Uh, there was a uh, sous vide tri-tip seared on the grill, finished in the smoker. That's from Andrew. You guys sous vide? Never have. Hmm. Uh, what else do we have here? There were uh, There's some others. Uh, Dwayne and Brandon says, Richard, if you don't want your... Griddle, I bet Hey Dad would take your impulse by. Eh. I'm not saying I'm ready to give it up. I just figure out a way to use it. Uh, Zach and Starkville says he looks forward to the weekend so I can listen to Super Talk and not hear y'all. 
I look forward to the weekend so I don't have to read the text line, Zach. It's tremendous Ooh. how that works out. Oh, zing. Uh, Mistless has had a great hamburger, steak, and onions on his griddle. I think you can kind of cook anything on the griddle, right? Yeah, pretty much. You shouldn't. I saw somebody cook pasta on it the other day, and I was like, no. But you, you know can. what's good? Hey, Dad, I, the one thing that I have tried that was really good, lasagna on the griddle is outstanding. Almighty, I swear. It's just, it's just never going to end. Zach sending us a picture from his Corvette, ready to not listen to us for the weekend. We don't believe you, Zach. We think you will miss us. That's a food Friday. I don't believe that's your Corvette. Brought to you by Polk's <laughs> Meat. Visit them online at polksmeat.com. Remember, no buts about it, folks. Picky people pick Polk's. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi team with live reports from games and practices, plus exclusive interviews. Weekday afternoons starting at 3 on supertalk.fm, the Supertalk Mississippi app, and always live on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. Again, Sports Talk Mississippi. Thanks for being with us on this Friday afternoon. I'd love to tell you that there is good news from uh, from Starkville on the baseball front. Um, but if I told you that, I would be there lying to you. Uh, Mississippi State had second and third with two out in the bottom of the fourth inning, down seven to nothing. Arizona State went to the bullpen, brought a new pitcher in, got out of the jam with no damage done, and immediately proceeded to put two runs on the board in the top of the fifth inning. So Arizona State, if you're keeping score at home, has scored three in the first, two in the second, two in the fourth, and two so far in the fifth. They have the bases loaded with one out. Mississippi State has made a pitching change after three innings. Cade Smith left the game. Casey Hunt came into the game. Cade Smith's line is a strike thrower. Yeah. Um. Kate Smith, three innings, three hits, seven earned runs, six walks, two strikeouts, and a hit batter on 72 pitches. He only threw 31 strikes. Casey Hunt out of the bullpen, inning in the third, five hits, two earned runs, two walks, three strikeouts, 47 pitches, 25 of them strikes. They need a darkness retreat Smith faced 19 batters, 16 of them. He went 1-0-1. I mean... You can't even get a first pitch strike. What, what, what are you doing? And another so, walk, walk. Back-to-back walks have have made it 10 nothing. So State, I, I don't know if the run rule is in effect or not, but State very much in danger of that having happening to them today. Mm. The, the fielding is especially perplexing. Right now, again, so far, they are horrendous in the field. Horrible. Not even just like one guy makes a couple of mistakes. It's like it has Last of Us style <clears throat> spread amongst the entire team underground. And and there was a play earlier that I obviously I haven't I didn't see, but uh, a line drive went off a of Forsyth's glove, and literally everybody on Twitter and on the message boards are saying that should have been scored an error, but was not. So. I um I sent a message to a person that I know that works in college athletics, like kind of at the national level, not a reporter, 
And I said, uh, let's see exactly what I said. Interesting story out of the FSU Board of Trustees meeting today. You know what the response from this person at the national level was? And this is not somebody that's really prone to hyperbole. Looks like the beginning of the end for the ACC. Wow. I mean, the people at Clemson saw this, right? They've been made aware of this. And NC State. North Carolina. North Carolina. And Miami. Yeah. And Virginia. I mean, I'm not like trying to slight Duke and Boston College, and no, you but know, but you, you get what I'm. And what was the agreement? Right, they needed half the league. But the issue is destinations. If you want to get that's the thing about getting out. Actually, I answered this question about Lane Kiffin on a, a different radio show last week about you know do you? They asked me if I think that he's going to go through the the whole deal about looking for another job next year, and I and I said. Even if he wants to, quote-unquote, get out, there might not be a destination. Yeah, I mean... Very few places are... I mean, he he, he has priced himself into a very exclusive neighborhood. He's painted himself into a bit of a a box. And and that's okay. That's great for Ole Miss, obviously, because he's a good coach and he's going to win, because that's what he does. But point is, where are all these people going to go if they want to come together and vote to get out? Where are they going to go? Because guess who else wants out? Oregon. Guess who else wants out? Washington. Guess who else wants out? Utah. I mean, where are all these people going to go? Unless the Big Ten and the SEC just say, come one, come all. But if the television contract is not going to grow with the addition of teams, guess who's not going to invite any more teams? Yeah. I mean, you're going to be at 16 and next year. Yeah, I mean, a year and a half. When Texas and OU come, you had four more and go to 20. Stop there. Or what if you just like, yeah, we're good. Yeah, because if ESPN's like, you guys can add more, but we're not, we're not giving you any more. This is our contract. Then Greg Sankey's going to respond with, okay, thank you. Well, but but also the other side of that is. If the ACC falls apart, all of a sudden ESPN's got more yeah. resources with which to play. True. Because they've got a lot tied up in the ACC network and the ACC TV deal. Well, let's say you take four in. I mean, it's, it's what, whatever. Florida State, Clemson, Virginia Tech, NC State. You add those four. Or maybe it's North Carolina. I, I don't know. It's just, I would prefer North Carolina to NC State. But NC State feels like a better fit. And North Carolina feels like they're kind of uppity enough to want to be in the Big Ten as opposed to the SEC. Yeah. Raleigh's a cool place, too. It's big. Yeah. But it's a great city. Great city. It's a cool place. All right. Let us go back to Mississippi State and Texas A&M tomorrow. What do we need to be talking about? Hey, Dad. Like, I mean, we, we we kind of threw some matchups out there a second ago that yeah. are, you know, guard matchups. Yeah, you, I mean, State has think, not been. Go ahead. 
I was going to say, State has not been unbeatable at home by any stretch. They lost to Alabama, lost to Tennessee. Those are obviously good teams. Uh, but the loss to Florida kind of stands out to you there. That, you know, they, they haven't, they, so they have three losses in conference play at home. Um, A&M is just playing at such a high level right now. Um, and, and they feel like, you know, those, those quad two, I'm oh, sorry, those quad four losses that they have, you know, that's costing them big time in seeding. Winning the SEC over Alabama would boost them up a little bit. And they know that. So that, that's something that they have to play for as well. Um, there's just a lot, in my opinion, right now. I mean, I, I favor Texas A&M in this game. I think A&M has a great chance to come to Starville and, and, and get a win. State can definitely win the game, but they have to play it at a really high level. They have to play the way they played against Missouri when they were here, the way they played against TCU when TCU came to town, where you know they, they're able to get those high percentage looks and then make a few of the three pointers that they take. They don't need to take 28 three pointers tomorrow. That number needs to be cut in half. At least, and those shots need to be try. They got to try to get better looks inside the paint. But Texas A&M's defense is is really really good. These teams are kind of mirror images of each other. They both play a physical style. They both play good defense. The difference is that A&M's just a little bit better shooting team, a little bit better offensive team than Mississippi State is right now. Um, so we'll see what happens. But you know, right now I I feel like A&M is probably should be the favorite in this one. I mentioned the guards for A&M earlier. Wade Taylor the fourth is the reigning SEC Player of the Week. Over the last five games, he's averaging 22 points, shooting 49% from behind the arc, and 92% from the free throw line. Boots Radford has gone double digits in 10 straight games and in 13 of 15 SEC games. And you know who's an important piece for Texas A&M, like kind of a spark. Buzz Williams said, so I would, I did the A&M game a couple of weeks ago. I don't even remember who they were playing. It was in College Station, and he made the comment that Anderson Garcia over the previous three games it may have been the most important player on their team. Talking about former Mississippi State player Anderson Garcia. He just provides mm-hmm. a spark for them, and it's yeah. rebounds, and that's a guy I, I would have liked to see State keep. I thought because I think he, exactly what you just said. He, he just he, he he every time he played for State a year ago, he he played with energy on a team that desperately lacked it a season ago. Yeah, so I, he was of the guys that State lost to the portal. He was the one I was the most disappointed to see go. Yeah. Um, if Mississippi State loses tomorrow, then we're going to go to sleep on Saturday night with them outside looking in, in terms of the buzzer. Probably so, yeah. First four out, so. next four out. Not something that can't right. be overcome. Right. But this is the opportunity for Mississippi State to get a signature win mm-hmm. that propels them into the NCAA tournament. Correct. I would say I would say that if they win on Saturday, as long as they don't lose to South Carolina or Vanderbilt, they're in. It doesn't matter what they do in Nashville. Yeah, if you win the last three, I agree with that. Yeah. You win Saturday, it gives you a little bit of margin for error. You you could you could probably win Saturday against A and M, beat South Carolina, lose to Vanderbilt, and then go win a game or two in the tournament 
and still be in? If you lose this one, I mean, you're, you're big-time backs against the wall. Got to beat South Carolina, got to beat Vandy, and probably have got to get to Saturday. Yeah, I agree. In the SEC tournament. I agree. We'll be back to wrap it up on this Friday afternoon. Sports Talk Mississippi. .fm. What is going on here? Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. It's about time. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Last time with you on this Friday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi, brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. Visit their website, genteelapparel.com, and find out about all the great stuff that they've got available. That's in addition to us telling you about it, the uh, the pants, whether you're looking for canvas pants or kind of a performance stretch fit. They're so incredibly comfortable. They've got the collegiate collection, so you can wear your team colors to the ballpark this spring. And before you know it, all of their new spring merchandise is going to be available online. Fantastic looks, whether you want solids or stripes or sports shirts, they have it all. That is GenteelApparel.com. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad. Let's take a final look at the SEC baseball scoreboard. This is stuff that's happening. Are you sure you want to do that? Well, there are a lot of games going on. <laughs> Let's look at most of the SEC. <laughs> Kentucky leads Wright State 8-3, to bottom of the 8th. South Carolina up 6-4 on Penn, bottom of the 8th, bottom of the 6th. Tennessee's pulling away from Dayton now and leading 9-2. Georgia, 7-2, up on Princeton in the top of the 6th. Vanderbilt leads UCLA 4-0. They put four runs on the board in the bottom of the 4th inning. Missouri and FIU... And South Florida underway, but scoreless. Cincinnati and Florida underway, no score, top of the second inning. Southern Cal at Auburn, series was moved to Auburn, Alabama from Los Angeles because of rain and cold in the Southern California area. They get started at 6, first pitch roll miss in Maryland was moved from 4 to 6 because of rain in the Oxford area. Looks like they're going to be good to go for tonight. Texas A&M and Portland, first pitch at 6 from College Station. Arkansas beat Eastern Illinois 13-2. to LSU beat Kansas State 7-3 in Round Rock, and Alabama beat High Point 9-4. Am I missing anything? And it said no. Nope, nope, that was literally every score that mattered. And in the bottom of the fifth inning in Starkville, Arizona State apparently missed an extra point. It is top of the six now. It is indescribable. That's the word that I'm going to use to describe it. Indescribable. Well, thir- 13 to nothing. Let me, let me try. And I think the pitching line is where you go to describe it. Kate Smith, three innings, three hits, seven earned runs, six walks. Casey Hunt out of the bullpen, inning in the third, five hits, six earned runs, three walks, three strikeouts. Both of those guys were under 50% on their strike ratio. Kate Smith threw 72 pitches, 31 strikes. And remember, by the way, balls hit it, put in play are strikes. That's a strike. Yeah. And, and so of the three hits allowed, 
and the nine outs recorded, that accounts for 12 of the 31 strikes. 25 strikes on 51 pitches for Casey Hunt out of the bullpen. And then the freshman left-hander, Tapper, came into the game and gave up a hit, got a couple of outs, and got out of the inning. So it's 13 to nothing in the top of the sixth. And State's not really swinging it either. Only two hits on the day for Mississippi State. Yeah. Yeah. Won't be an overreaction on Monday if if State continues at this pace. Last weekend, you try not to overreact after one bad loss, but it won't be an overreaction at that point. It'll be me telling you, you're going to have some free weekends in May and June this year. Hoops tomorrow gets started at noon, Missouri and Georgia. 1 o'clock, Arkansas at Alabama. That's on ESPN2. 2.30 in Starkville, A&M and Mississippi State. 3 o'clock in Lexington. It's Auburn and Kentucky. 5 o'clock, South Carolina and Tennessee. 5 o'clock, Florida and Vanderbilt. 7.30 tomorrow night, LSU and Ole Miss. That's your basket. Time you have to get to the uh, the arena. Uh, 7 a.m., Texas uh-huh. A&M has a 7 a.m. shoot-around. Mississippi State shoot-around, I think, is at 8.45, 8.15 or 8.45. So no lunch is what you're saying. Uh, well, I'll finish that and then leave. Might be able to do lunch tomorrow. Call let's, me. Uh, text me. Let, let's, let's text on that and see if we can figure something out. Absolutely. So I'll have to be back at the arena by, like, 1.00. So yeah, oh, yeah, that's about the time like I'll 11, be there. Yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that'd be All great. Right. Hammy says a little late on his food Friday submission, but nothing like boiled shrimp and college baseball. He's got a big old pot of boiled shrimp going. Go peel them for me. I am in. Actually, I'd even peel them myself. You guys hate peeling shrimp. Uh, if if somebody's going to provide a big platter full of shrimp, I'll peel them. I'll get through it's it. It's worse than crawfish, for sure. Say, crawfish is easier I don't mind doing that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Crawfish is just a twist and a pull. Yeah. I will say, I do not mind peeling barbecue shrimp at Mr. B's. No, no. sir, I don't. French bread, sop it up. <laughs> that sounds good. Oh, man. Hey, thanks good. for being with us on this Friday afternoon. We'll talk to you on Monday. Full weekend recap coming up then for Michael Borky and Brian Haydad. I'm Richard Cross. Good night. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.